Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Backfield Boys. This is episode eight. This is yours truly, B. And as always, I am joined by Jackson Kelly and Lucas Kochevar. How's it going, fellas? Going good. Doing good. <laughs> it's going great, dude. Technical difficulties, but we made it. About yeah, for those who don't know, it? this is a this is a oh god. I think it's a seventy fourth attempt. <laughs> I was gonna say closer to seventy one, but really? I mean, it's closer to that. I like rounding up to even numbers. I mean, so. we we were so down bad. I was looking at recording phone calls on like different apps. On the <laughs> yeah, <app. dude>. <laughs> <laughs> and one app tried to make me pay sixty bucks, and at that moment, I said, "We're just gonna keep trying to anchor until it until it goes through." And it's working and, exactly because I mean, sixty it bucks it. is all B has to his name, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the B stands for broke, dude. <laughs> dude. Here's a question I got, bro. Here's a okay, question. okay, go for it, man. Go. Explain for your it. last name to me. Will it be Ray? Why do you have a hyphen in it? Like, is okay. there a reason? Yeah, what's going on? Okay, so centuries ago, maybe no, no, maybe not centuries. Like, I think it's like three, four, five generations. Like, like back in the past, obviously in the past. Yeah, I had two. <laughs> I think I had two grandfathers, right? Oh, like, yeah. great, <laughs> like great, great. <laughs> Wait, like great, great, great grandfathers, right? This is the way my dad tells a story. Like it was some kind of old timey war back in like England or something, and there was like two grand, like great, great, great grandfathers. One was Willoughby and one was Ray. Oh, yeah. And then they, <laughs> I guess they, I guess they decided to like combine the names into Willoughby Ray, and like I don't really know why. I guess, I guess they decided like, hey. Two families, one Willoughby, one Ray. They just combine the names, make it Willoughby Ray, and then the kids, instead of like taking the dad's name, they combine the mom's and the dad's name. Because like a lot of times, people look at my names and like, oh, your dad's Willoughby, your mom's Ray. Like, nah, my dad's side of the family's been Willoughby Ray for like five, six generations, and I don't know what kind of old timey stuff they were on, you know, combining the names. These but... grandparents have a different type of backfield voice. <laughs> I don't even know. That's like old, old, old timey England. I don't really know what the customs were in terms of names. Like, (laughs) no chance. So, what's your lineage, Jackson Kelly? You got any? uh, Is it all like Appalachian mountains? You know, feral people. First of all, I'm actually I'm actually triracial. (laughs) Wait, pause. What? (laughs) I'm a mixture of three different groups of people, bro. Um, three. Uh, okay, does that okay. mean you're triracial though? I yeah, think so I, I said triracial. I'm just gonna let you take this one. I, I can't. So, yeah, I, I'm, let's the go. one that shocks people is I'm, I have some Caucasian in me. Oh wow, oh. really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, some <laughs> Cherokee. <laughs> oh then, Jesus Christ! According to my aunt, she had a uh, she had a 23 and Me done. We got some African in us, <laughs> so yeah. But so, no, I think I think Kelly's from Scotland. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I I got some my my grand my great grand no wait not my great grandfather I'm tripping my grandfather was born in Wales. See, so, my grandfather was born in Harlan. <laughs> Did you say Harlem? Harlan. Oh, okay. I was no, about, bro. I was about to say 
<laughs> I doubt your grandfather was born in Harlem. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> like Jackson Kelly, straight out of Compton. Hey, man. <laughs> Dude, those are on two completely different sides of the country. I mean, one's in L- one's in California, one's in New York, but exactly, I mean, it, it, it's kind of the same vibe, you know. It's I, like, I geez, don't know if that's geez. the same vibe. I'm no, <laughs> what do you what do you mean by that, dude? What are you trying to get at? <laughs> like, like, like an inner city vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Please well, explain well, further. Well, what are you insinuating, <laughs> Jackson? I'm insinuating that you want to stay away from that place, bro. That's the vibe you're giving me. I mean, nah, I'd pull up there any day. I, you, Jackson Kelly, yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, you pull up there, you'll leave your tidy whities you know? <laughs> They're actually great, bro. But I'll tell you right now, dude. Yeah, dude, you don't want to. Yeah, you got issues, dude. You can get that fixed. Wait, issues with what? <laughs> oh, you tell us. I don't know, dude. It's 2021. Let's be respectful. Come on. It's 2021, yeah. and I was just saying that you know. I would, I would just say I think with grandparents like yours, I would expect you to be more <laughs> open-minded. <laughs> hey, that's old, old, old-timey England. There was two war-fighting, you know, uh, war heroes. They were my great, great, great grandfathers. One was Willoughby, one was Ray. They combined the names because <laughs> they you know. Adopted <laughs> I think they were like they were like fighter pilots or something like that, man. I think I'm not. I don't even know if they had planes in those days, though. But they were gay. Oh no, absolutely not. Oh yeah, right, dude. That's what I'm getting off of this. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, it was two separate families. Like, That's what I'm. When I say one I'm was Willoughby, one was information. I'm not getting off to this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. What I, I know, you're kind of slow, so it's hard for you to you know take in this information. But what I'm saying is, okay. Yeah, what were so- your grandparents taking in? Bro? That's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. Were they? Uh, well, they, they weren't. What? What were they? Like great, great, great grand? Like if they were my great, great, great? I don't know, dude. I'm not part of your family. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? <laughs> Should we start the show? I mean, this is part of the show, and I'm going to leave it in. So, I mean, that's it is great. What it is. That's great, dude. One of your Good grandpa talks. left it in. <laughs> Actually, I think I misspoke because now, well, now, now that I'm thinking about it, this might be like the biggest blonde moment of my life, but now that I'm thinking of it, when I only have one like great, great, great grandfather on my dad's side because... You said two. That's why I was like, oh. <laughs> no, but what, I think what I meant was like, Say like my great great great, and then and the other grandfather opposite to him that was like the the son and the daughter were married. Does that make sense? Hmm, I think you need to have a talk with your father. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just straightened out. Yeah, sketchy history here, my guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the lines are getting blurred here. <laughs> we should have done this episode last month. <laughs> Man, I don't even know how we're gonna top this episode in a couple of weeks, man. Top it, dude. Oh, dude. Okay, calm down. <laughs> we got you all riled up. <laughs> oh, okay, been so mild mannered this entire show. Now he's awful. Is... Oh yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm he's just like, like he's so happy. The pieces are just, zoom. man. <laughs> 
right, all right, all right, all right. So for this episode, we want to get sponsored into- by Jergens. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even take it seriously right now, man. <laughs> we did, we just need to do an episode where we just kind of like talk. Just go. Just go. Just go with it. Just go. <laughs> are we still doing our colleges episode, or are we just? I don't care, dude. I, I mean, dude, maybe maybe Willoughby Ray was in college, bro. A little experimental. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With all that being said, we are going to get into our top ten college football teams today. A little power rankings. We got a couple honorable mentions that didn't crack the top ten. Notre Dame. What can you say about them? They're good in the regular season every single year, but when they make the playoffs or make a big game, they choke and they're embarrassing and terrible. Oh god. Yeah, sounds Can we right. all agree? I mean Oh, they're they... my least favorite college football team. Yeah, no, join a conference already, please. Yeah, oh, I agree. Absolutely. Just do it. They should be forced into joining a conference at this point because I mean, look at them in the ACC last year. That was fair. Now they get to go picking and choosing their opponents. I think it's awful. Yeah, forget your traditions, dog. Who cares? Like, you're Notre Dame. You haven't won anything big in forever. Just join a conference. Yeah, dude. That's like, kind of how I feel. Like, it's just – and they have, like, an arrogance to them, which is part of their religion. I get that. But it's just a joke, dude. <laughs> Catholics. <laughs> like, like, it's just something about – they're like, we're gold and all. They're like, nah, man, come on. And plus, I mean, they're losing their quarterback, Ian Book. They're losing three starting offensive linemen. I mean, Jack Cohn coming in should be a decent quarterback, but they play such a hard schedule. They got to go through Wisconsin, Cincinnati, USC, and North Carolina next year. Or this year, rather. Yeah, with that, with losing a starting quarterback there, and I mean, Ian Book wasn't the best, but like for college standards, he was pretty deep. Like, he'd get you the wins that they needed, like last year. He was like a college Drew Brees. Yeah, like just, just he got you. Like he did what he had to do. Wasn't nothing like wasn't Heisman level, but you know. And the only reason things together. The only reason I say Drew Brees, I'm not talking about prime Drew Brees. I'm talking about the last year in New Orleans, Drew Brees, when he kind of had a noodle arm, but he still led the team really well. I feel like that's what Ian Book was last year. I mean, he's not going to make any big plays, but I feel like when the Saints drafted him, they drafted a guy they saw kind of being like a like Drew Brees late in his career system. Mm -hmm. Get the ball to your running backs. Very efficient. Doesn't turn the ball over, but doesn't make any spectacular plays. I mean, I think they overdrafted him a little bit because I think he's more of an undrafted free agent than a guy you spend a um, – where they draft him in the fourth round, fifth round. I think that's, so, fourth, yeah. Yeah, fourth. That's that's way too high for him. But, I mean, they're the Saints and they draft awful. So, that's really not a shock. Yeah. No. They, I mean, they do – Notre Dame does have a safety that's kind of good. I think still like Hamilton – it's like Kyle Hamilton or something. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they still got him. He should be, like, a good draft guy to watch if you want to watch Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, for competing. He's definitely a late first round, early second. Yeah, like, he still should be a fun player. But, I mean, other than that, I have nothing nothing positive to say about Notre Dame. And then – I don't respect him. I do do want to shout out my uncle, though. He's a head coach. Brian Kelly. (laughs) Brian Kelly's thriving out there. Yeah, dude. Why didn't you ever get any tickets if Brian Kelly's your uncle, bro? You guys are that, like, estranged? (sighs) Yeah, we had a falling out a couple years ago, dude. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. I was a minor. in the living room too often. (laughs) With that being said... (laughs) 
Our second and final honorable mention is Cincinnati. They're returning 15 starters. Um, Desmond Ritter's probably a top five, top ten Heisman candidate. He's a really talented quarterback. Their schedule is tough, but if they beat Notre Dame and beat Indiana, I think they'll find themselves in the thick of it for the playoff because those are two big-time wins. So if they were able to go undefeated, you know, win their conference, the AAC, which is weak, but it's still pretty strong. I mean, it's the strongest non-Power 5 conference by far. So they have a chance at the playoff, but, I mean, I just don't really see them as a team that could win a national championship. I see them on the fringe of the top 10, but they're Cincinnati. And until you can prove to me that a non-Power 5 team, this includes Notre Dame, can go up against Alabama, can go up against, you know, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to take them too seriously. Well, my my argument to that would be was Cincinnati – very well could have won that game against Georgia last year in the ball game. If it mm. wasn't for Aziz going absolutely crazy on defense there. Like they were they were doing their thing. Now I'm with you. I don't think I don't think that like pro- propels them to like a playoff contender. But you know, I think I think that bowl game kind of turned some heads a little bit. Not a lot. Yeah. But like they were very well competing with Georgia. Like Georgia wasn't playing their best, but I mean you know, it took them until like a game-winning field goal attempt, and you know, in order for them to eke out the win against Cincy. And I mean, Desmond Ritter, I think he's legit. I think he's a he's a dark horse guy to like rise up the boards into like a top ten draft pick or something. I think he's mm-hmm. that good. Mm, but you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that's the same Cincinnati team from last year, or if they're just a one-hit wonder. Yeah, it's kind of half though. I think that. Uh, with them playing in the co- in the conference, they do, you know, they'll have a great season, obviously. And um, yeah, dude, <laughs> I don't know much about Cincinnati because, like I said, I just don't respect people like them who play in a non-power five conference. You don't respect the little guy? No, you're hating on the little guy. No, I don't respect the, the working no one, class. No one, respect, yeah, no one respects the little guy in sports. Everyone wants, wants them to, but mm. they don't. That's fair. Like, you love the underdog when they're not playing your team. Yeah. Like if they're playing a team mm-hmm. that that's the only thing. It is stupid, dude. I don't. I don't believe in the underdog. Like, I mean, do you look at ratings all the time, dude? If it's, like, non-major schools or even in pro sports, the ratings are down. You got to have the top dog. No, man, I absolutely agree. And I think Cincinnati's one of those underdogs that's reached some prominence. And as we saw with UCF, you know, they had a great run, but – they went when they when the lights were the brightest. The uh, second year they played LSU in that bowl game, they came up short. And I feel like you can be a big tough guy. You can hang with Georgia in a Peach Bowl that means nothing to Georgia and everything to Cincinnati. But then the next season you go into it, you know, you think you're good. The media is hyping you up. It's a lot different. It's a whole different battle. It's a whole different road when you have a target on your back. When the year before, you know, nobody really took you seriously. So I do think Cincinnati has a shot to maybe go undefeated, uh, 11-1, and 10-2, something like that. But it's a lot easier said than done, especially now that they have that notoriety. Because going into games where no one respects you, you know, no one really thinks of you as a, a team that can hang, a team that can compete. You shock the world. You have an amazing stellar season. And then the next year, you know, you come in with those 
those amped up expectations, I just don't really see how it's going to translate well for them. Especially like if they take like an early loss there the season, it's like how do you? I don't know how you rebound because I mean, if you take an early loss there, then it's kind of like what are we doing here? Yeah, like, you kind of. I don't know if you might lose a lot. Like you might, probably won't lose a locker room, but you. I mean, you could lose some of those guys that might be looking towards the draft. Absolutely. And with that being said, we're about to get into our top 10 first ever backfield boys college football power rankings. And at number 10, we got a bit of a surprise. The Florida Gators are cracking our top 10. Yes, sir. What do you think about the Gators being 10th? Oof. Well, I mean, I think I think since Dan Mullen's been in town now for a couple of years, they had the pretty solid run last year Mm. off the back of Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask, you know, I mean, I think they're going to be riding that little high, but I really don't buy Florida at all. I don't buy Emory Jones, Emory Jones coming in. People are like, Oh, he's going to be the next like Joe Burrow, you know, coming in. He's hey, no one really believes in him. PFF has him going six in the draft. <laughs> yeah, right. I could. <laughs> oh man. PFF is just college football. PFF just feels like a cesspool, just awfulness. Like those people just write anything for clicks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I man. hate, I hate college PFF. If you thought NFL PFF was bad, you have never seen college PFF. No, <laughs> it is so bad. One of their analysts in Miami went in the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's just like they're not drug tested at PFF. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that like yeah, Emory Jones is just like I do not believe it, and no one should believe it. Like I just, it doesn't make sense. They it feels like they lost a lot of weapons there to the draft. You know, I just the expectations are going to be higher. You know, they finally beat Georgia for the first time, and it feels like you know a couple years now. And, you Ooh. know, now they're feeling all high, but I just don't see Florida being a real contender. I think maybe losing for ahead. a high, well, maybe like for a higher like bowl game than what they're like, than what they ri- like rode there after Urban Meyer left town. But I'm not buying it. I think you know losing Trask and uh, Pitts is definitely going to hurt them a lot. But at the same time, I think they were a team last year that was like they were young overall as a team. They're returning a lot of players. And so I think, like, they take that next step. And, you know, I know you hate it, B, but they were a fringe playoff team last year. I mean, up until the end when they fell. They were. Up I until mean, the end they fell off. Okay. Whether you think in, so or not, they were in the in the conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, I they mean, were in the conversation definitely because of their so ranking. So I think – I don't think they'll take that step up to a Final Four, but I think they stay in that – I'm going to give them a 6-13 to 13 range pretty much all year. I mean, I, I, I would honestly, I, I could see that. And it's not that I don't think they were a playoff, you know, caliber team. Like, they were a team that could have made the playoff. I mean, up until the LSU game, I would have totally agreed that, you know, say they won that LSU game and they lost to Alabama the same way they did. That's a team that, you know, could be on the fringe because of how elite that offense was, because of how elite Pitts was, you know, Tony Trask, those guys were balling. But, when they lost to LSU, it just eliminated them to me because you can't have two regular season losses and realistically make a, make the playoff when there's so many other either undefeated or one-loss teams that are just better and have better metrics and have better stats and don't drop a game to an LSU team that went 5-5 five and five and had the struggles that they did. 
But with that being said, you know, when I look at Florida this upcoming season, it's kind of the inverse of last year because their defense should be a lot better. I mean, they have probably the second best DB in the country in Elam. I mean, they have a defense now because Grantham's obviously not the best defensive coordinator. A lot of the fans were calling for him to be fired last year. But their defense overall should be a lot better. They were young last year. They're returning a ton of starters. I think that they're going to be deeper. You know, I think some of Dan Mullen's recruits are kind of becoming entrenched in the system. So the defense should take steps from last year and be a lot better. But the offense is a giant question mark because, I mean, not only are you losing Pitts, you're losing Trask, but you're also losing Grimes and Tony, one of the best, best weapons in college football last year, honestly, if you look at just the wide receivers alone. I mean, you look at Alabama last year after Waddle went down, Mac had Devontae Smith. And John Mechie, he did a really good job, but he was just stepping in. You had Slade Bolden out there, who's probably not going to even start this year. But when you looked at Florida, you had Pitts catching passes, Tony catching passes, Grimes catching passes. That tandem right there is incredible. And Trask took great advantage of it. You know, I felt like Trask was honestly more of a system quarterback than, you know, a dominant great college quarterback I actually think he was overdrafted by the Bucks a bit but he made it work and it's going to be an interesting um, transition to Emory because it's obviously going to be a more run-based offense They're, they lost all those um, options in the passing game and it's just going to be really interesting to see how Dan Mullen takes Emory and implements the old offenses he used to run um, with Tebow with Dak Prescott those run-oriented offenses we're going to see a return of that this year and I think there's going to be some success, but right out of the gates in week three, you play Bama. And Bama's going to have one of the three best defenses, if not the best defense in the country. And I get that Florida's defense is going to be better, and I get that they play in the swamp. But Emory Jones, going to, his first year starting, he's got to go against Nick Saban. And he's got to go against that vaunted defense. And if he can't keep up in a shootout with Bryce Young throwing that ball, I can't see a way Florida hangs in the game. I mean, maybe for the first half, but... I just can't see a way that Florida can last the entire season as an undefeated or 11-1 and football team. I think they lose to Alabama. I think they lose to Georgia. They'll probably go 10-2 and or 9-3. and I, I'm leaning kind of towards 9-3 and because I think they'll drop another game, whether it's to LSU or Kentucky. A game they shouldn't drop, but they will. Ew. I just don't – I just don't – I see Florida as a really good team. I do. I just can't see them getting past Alabama or Georgia this year because I think Alabama and Georgia are far more complete teams. I think they're better coach teams. I think both on offense and defense, Alabama and Georgia are better. And that's, that's the reason in the SEC I see that as the collision course. And Florida, you know, they have a bright future. Dan Mullen's a great coach. I just can't see it really happening this year. Yeah, I agree with all those points. I mean – the te- like week three there, that's like really early, and like you really wanted to see Jones like at least get some reps under there. And I mean, he won't be getting those. Like he'll be, like he'll get two games there. And if it- if he doesn't look good in one of those two games, like that's just that would be really scary. And that I don't know how you feel about that in a week three matchup against the defending champs. And especially they don't play anyone. I mean, they play mm-hmm. USF. Oh, and you're FAU one and they're. Hey, they play FSU. They play USF and FAU in their first two games, and then they play the Alabama Crimson Tide. So at least we play Miami in Week One. So I mean, going against Miami, you're going against a fringe top twenty-five team with a good defense. Florida's not going to be ready for what they're going to see, and I think the game will be close in the first half. I do. I think that Florida will be able to get some stops, get a couple touchdowns, get the crowd into it. But in the second half, I mean, Bama does what they do. They wear you down. They, they. I mean, 
they're Alabama, and I'm not really too worried about that game. But I think Florida will still be a really good team. It's just that week three is real tough against Alabama. Felt that. <laughs> As a Kentucky fan last year, uh, what, was the, what was the score again? Uh, 60. Oh, Alabama game, bro? Yeah, what was it? 63 to 3? Yeah, 63 to 3, bro. I was in Tuscaloosa. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, that had to suck. Oh, dude, I love Tuscaloosa, dude. I don't care if we <laughs> lost 90 to 0, dude. I still had a good time. <laughs> I went down to Rounders, bro. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Um, No, I actually haven't. No, yeah, dude, not a real fan. <laughs> but everyone in Tuscaloosa kind of hates Rounders, though. That's the thing. Like, I feel like it's kind of a tourist attraction, but if you, like, talk to the people that live there, everyone, like, avoids it like it has the plague. Oh, dude, it's it's nasty. <laughs> it's, it's literally nasty. Everyone in Tuscaloosa avoids it like it has the plague. I enjoy it, though. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that was the first bar. Of course, you like the na- of course, you like the nasty aspect. <laughs> oh, yeah, too. That was the first bar I ever went to. Oh, for real? I was 19, dude, and they just let me in and gave me the mark. I was like, oh, yeah. Anyways, I had tickets to Alabama and Tennessee, but I decided to stay at the bar. Oh, my I was, God. I was there for 12 hours, dude. Oh, 12? Oh, I puked so many times. Jeez. Oh, my God, man. I only left. I left one time and bought a burrito across the street. I didn't know what the place was called, but it was gas. All right. <laughs> and with all that puke talk being out of the way, that brings us to our number nine team, the Oregon Ducks. They're returning nine offensive starters, and their recruiting is about – it's about time for their recruiting to start paying off because Cristobal has been building a juggernaut. I mean, consistent top ten recruiting classes, a great defense, an offense that's taken stride, you know, not quite as, as good and as prolific as it was under Marcus Mariota. But it's about time for Oregon to take that next step and be a true national contender like they were in 2012, 13, and 14. The only roadblock I really see them having is week two against Ohio State. And you lose that, it puts you at a huge disadvantage for the rest of the season. Because I think USC is the only team in the Pac-12 that can really compete with them. But that Ohio State game is hard. It's in Columbus. And mm, I just can't see him pulling it off. So I think you take that week two L, it's going to be kind of hard to bounce. I mean, you've got a lot of time to bounce back, but it's going to be hard because there's a lot of teams in Pac-12 after dark that they can knock you off on any given day. So Oregon's a really good team with a great coach, great recruiting, great defense, but that week two matchup against Ohio State spells doom. And I think they're going to make a New Year's Six Bowl. I think they might even win the Pac-12 championship. But after week two, I can't see them being in the national championship can conversation yeah yeah i think that like the week two like that's a big task to overcome like the fact that their quarterback last year transferred also yeah so like they have to figure out the quarterback situation which i think they have like a favorite there so i think he's probably taking those you know uh, snaps with the ones yeah they're starting brown this year yeah yeah i think they're gonna roll with him and i mean that's (laughs) I'm looking at a lot of these guys in the top, like a lot of these teams in the top 10. I'm looking at the quarterback situation and I'm like, oof, that's a tough, that's just a tough thing to overcome there. And I think that's the same case with Oregon. I think they have to do that and go to Ohio State. I mean, if they do pull that off, then I mean, that puts them like as a clear, like at least a contender. You know, they should be like clearly top four, maybe if they win that game on the road. 
Yeah. But like you said, the Pac-12 after dark, it's a glorious thing. I cannot wait for it to be back. There's something special about those 2 a.m. Pac-12 games that I just love every second of Washington State versus UCLA. So I think that will be – I think the factor of that will play in like where I think Oregon might drop a game to like Arizona State or you know some team that they shouldn't lose to. So, I mean, I could see them going with two losses probably on the year. One to Ohio State probably, and then a number uh, Pac-12 team. Yeah, I hate the Pac-12. I just hate <laughs> everything about it, dude. I really do. Man, I, I just – it's the West Coast. And it's just – it's not me. Oh, I love it because it's just like so – it's just so goofy. And it's always like whenever you're just like getting back home from a late night on Saturday, you turn on a game. It's just like these. it's 60 to 64 – like <laughs> they're like the third overtime. Like or something. seriously, I'm trying to think. In the past decade, they've only had like three great players come out. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no, the talent is not there. Yeah. McCaffrey, <laughs> Love, and Rosen. Like it's just, it's not there. <laughs> Rosen. What, dude? He's a like Josh Rosen. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah, we're talking but... college talent. Oh, dude. Rosen Sam Darnold. A lot better than Josh Rosen. Well, where is Josh yeah. Rosen even like? Whatever happened to Josh Rosen? He, he's is he on a roster? He's like on the practice squad of like San Fran or something. No, he's time. a backup. He's a backup. He's, he's a, on a practice he's a backup. Squad. <laughs> he might be the most talented person in San Francisco. If I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest with you, give him a shot. Give him a shot. Dude. <laughs> I feel like someone loved him some Josh Rosen when he got oh, drafted. Dude. I cried when Kelly drafted <laughs> Kyler. Regardless, dude, time out. Let me just put it this way, dude. The Ducks will be all right. I just don't think they'll play much competition in the Pac-12. I think they'll win it pretty easily. Uh, Yeah, they have a pretty decent quarterback who's been there for a while. He knows the system, so it's not like they're going to have to bring a guy in or a young guy. Um, You know, they're returning some pretty good receivers, a good running back in uh, C.J. Vertle. So I think they'll have a good year. I mean, I don't think – I think that run they had, you know, about a decade ago was pretty special. They mm. never really were that. I don't think they'll get back to that level. But, I mean, I guess it's possible. I feel like we're also – I also forgot um, they got the DN who's going to be, like, a top five pick probably. Oh, um, yeah. That's where Kayvon, Penny Sewell played. Kayvon Thibodeau or whatever. Oh, yeah, Thibodeau. Yeah, Sewell. Like, they're just – yeah, they – He might be the number one overall pick, honestly. Yeah, he's like – he got good title or um, Heisman odds as a D-end or something. Yeah, right. Like, I, I would never see it happen. I'd never put my money on it, but something noteworthy. Stranger not. things have happened. I mean, no one thought Devontae Smith was going to win the Heisman. He did it. So, I mean, if a wide receiver can win it, that opens up a lot of valleys for other um, – Positions to win it that aren't, you know, usual highs in positions. Yeah, dude. I think Devontae Smith's season's going to go down and hit lure, bro. Oh, no, for real. It's the, it's by far the best season a wide receiver's yeah. ever, have, ever had. And I honestly think he's the best wide receiver of all time in college football. When you take into account two national championships, I mean, he literally won Alabama national championships in his freshman season and his senior season. And they were mostly because of him. So I think when you take into that, I mean, I think he's the best player in SEC oh, yeah. history. He got, he got a six-round quarterback drafted at 15th overall, dude, just based <laughs> off him alone. I mean, it's impressive. I thought you liked Mac Jones. Who said I didn't? But you just said a sixth-round quarterback. And you <laughs> yeah, said he was going to be the second-best rookie in the NFL. So something's not adding up. I didn't. I never said he was going to be the second-best rookie in the NFL. 
well, second best rookie quarterback. Right? <laughs> yeah, <Don't>... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> technicalities, technicalities. Dude, I'm just busting your chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that brings us to our eighth team, the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, no, right. I'm, just they, I'm, I'm just playing. They suck. <laughs> our real eighth team is the Iowa State Cyclones, returning 19 starters. They got arguably one of the best quarterback running backs duos in the country in Purdy and Hall. Last year, some people feel like it was a fluke, but they're the real deal. Their defense looks loaded. They're clearly the number two team in the Big 12 behind Oklahoma. They have a chance to – I mean, they, they're going to play Oklahoma twice. Once in the regular season, once in the conference title game. So if they split those games, they could be right there for a playoff spot. And they're a team that has a great coach. They're a team that plays really hard. They're a team that plays together. And I think returning 19 starters is going to pay dividends for them. They're going to have a whole lot of experience that other teams in that conference don't have. And I think Brock Purdy can take that next next step and be a really good quarterback. Don't know if he's an NFL quarterback. I highly doubt it. Um, I don't even see him as an elite college quarterback, but he has a lot of playmakers and he has a great running back and they're going to go as Brees Hall goes. So I think if Brock Purdy can do enough, they'll have a shot, you know, maybe not to win a national championship, but to sneak in the playoffs, be one of those weird teams like a Michigan state that made it in 2015, you know, just kind of Washington. Yeah. In 2016, just, just kind of surprised a lot of people make it, but at this point, Iowa State shouldn't be a surprise because they're a really good football team. Yeah, yeah. No, Matt Campbell, the head coach, get buzz like he got NFL buzz. Like not even just like getting a higher college ranking job. Like he got NFL hype there for a little bit, and he decided to stick it out with Iowa State, which is a decision. But I mean, I I respect it. You know, he's riding these Cyclones, and I'm like just curious to see. I think oh, they I think they do take one of those games against Oklahoma. I feel like yeah. it'll be the regular season one because um, I think Oklahoma is the better team and they probably they hit their stride later in the season. Oh, absolutely. So I think Iowa State, I think, like you said, they go as Brees Hall goes. I think Hall's a very special running back. I think he's – I don't know, like, if he can translate it to the NFL, but, I mean, in college he's, like, you know, perfect college guy where, like, Melvin Gordon type, I think, where he changes the game, like, at this level where he's probably just so much better than everyone like right. way on the field. So I think he's a real playmaker. And I think, like you said, continuity, I think they turning a decent amount of starters helps them. And I think experience helps them. I think they're hungry. But I don't know. I don't know if they can, you know, overcome the Oklahoma Sooners. And, I mean, Oklahoma's been running the Big 12 for quite a while now. So we'll see if maybe they can over, you know, become the better team over time throughout the year. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even know Iowa State had a D one team, bro. And I didn't even remember on the list. So um, yeah, I think I I really don't know. I I don't know. I I guess I just agree with everything you all said, dude. I've never <laughs> even heard of them before. Well, now we're gonna get to a team that's a little <laughs> bit more in your in your geographical range. Our seventh team is this Kentucky. <laughs> no, idiot. It's the North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh, I've heard of them. Top before. five quarterback in the country and Sam Howell, a Heisman candidate. They got 18 stars returning. What does hurt is they're losing the best running back duo in the country. Maybe one of the best running back duos we've seen in college football in the last 10 years, Williams and Carter. They have a bad pass rush, but that's really the only glaring um, weakness on their team. 
I think Howell can make that next next step. You know, maybe win a Heisman, go eleven and one, challenge Clemson. But they're North Carolina, and they have to prove that last year wasn't a pr- uh, fluke. And I think Mac Brown's a really good coach, but he's old. And, I mean, I'm not saying being old is a bad thing, but there's a lot of these new, young, ingenuitive, offensive-minded coaches, and Mac Brown's inspiring, and his team loves him, but. I just hope the teams haven't caught up to North Carolina. I hope that they haven't. So I think they're a really good team. I think they're likely to make a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, I don't really see them contending with Clemson too much, but you never know. They have they have the opportunity. You know, if Sam Howell goes crazy in a game and their defense plays well and their pass rush picks up, I think that they have a shot. But at the end of the day, you know, the ACC is Clemson's. And North Carolina might come closer than anyone has since Florida State in 2015-16. But at the end of the day, it's the ACC and it's Clemson. And North Carolina, although they did make – although they are seventh team and they have an amazing quarterback and they have a really, really, really promising near future, they still have a lot of ground to make up. And it's going to take a vastly improved pass rush and Sam Howell playing at a Heisman level to even fill half of that gap. Yeah, I agree with most points you made there. Uh, Sam Howell, like watching some of the film on him, he just, it shades of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, just, and they look like, alike. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they look alike and they play a lot alike. And like the only thing that I have with him is like he's inconsistent. Like on a game to game basis, either he looks like, you know, the Heisman or he looks like a you know fourth rounder. So if if Sam Howell can, you know, be consistent and like he has this confidence about him that I think can translate through the rest of the offense, you know, and I, but he can't lose that. Like if he has like a rough start, throws picks and like throws more picks than touchdowns, like he can't get down on himself because like you said, they lost the running backs and I mean if they can't fall back on the run game, then they have to rely on Sam Howell. So they gotta really they gotta really hope this offense steps up. Like they were good last year and the defense was awful. But like they need the defense to take a step up and they need the offense to be consistently like where they were last year. So I think they need to work on that. And like you said, I think Clemson's still a big hurdle to overcome. And I think, you know, they have some work to do, I think to figure out their identity after the two running backs left. Cause I think those two were their big identity last year. Instead oh, of yeah. Sam Howell. I mean, Javante so. Williams was a beast and Michael Carter was a beast. I mean, watching them yeah. play against Miami last year was just a masterclass. They were trucking defenders and Miami had a pretty good defense, but they got exposed against North Carolina and as great as Sam Howell is. And as great as North Carolina looks this year, it's hard to replace two bulldozers like that that can carry an offense when needed, you know, take a lot of pressure mm-hmm. off the wideouts and the quarterback. So it's going to take a lot for them to be able to step up and, you know, fill those holes. But I think they're one of the best teams in the country. So having them at seven is very justified just based off last year and based off how good their quarterback is. But they still have a big hill to climb. Yeah, I got them as like a buyer's beware on them where I, I wouldn't buy too much into them like early on, like this preseason stuff. It's – it, I'm a wait and see kind of guy with North Carolina. I'm not like jumping on their bandwagon too soon. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like they could easily fizzle out and you know fall fall out of the top ten if, if Sam Howell doesn't play to the level that we know he's capable of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, 
I think Sam's someone that's probably going to be a top 15 pick in the league this year. Top 10, easily. There's no uh, way he drops past 10. Well, my only concern is kind of what you guys were saying about the running backs. He's going to have to be the leading force. So that's a different step. Like, even, you know, it's – I mean, I'm not going to say easy, but it's a lot less pressure to be a good quarterback when you know you can just hand the ball off. And it's a lot harder for defenses to plan, a, plan against that, a quarterback like that. Mm. So he's going to have a tougher season this year. Now, yeah, he's more experienced. He should be better. But, you know, this is one of the years if they're going to beat Clemson, it needs to be this year. Because this is probably like they're at their ceiling and Clemson, I'm not going to say they're in their basement, but Clemson's going Clemson's to look a lot different this year. Yeah, yeah, they lost a lot of starters there, Clemson. And I mean, and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a big piece of that. Yeah, and so. dude, in the past like three years, every game he didn't play, they lost. So, <laughs> yeah. Man, speaking of losing very valuable starters, our sixth team, Texas A&M, lost four starters on the offensive line and their starting quarterback, Kellen Mond. But we have them six because they're loaded besides that. They're returning nine starters on defense. Last year, they had one of the best defenses in the country, and they're looking to take that next step. Jimbo Fisher has been recruiting like crazy. They have had consistent top five, top ten recruiting classes under him, and those are finally going to start kicking in. When I look at Texas A&M, you know, I see a team that is elite on defense, has a really good running game. If they can, you know, fix up that line, put the new guys in there, have them play really well. If the new quarterback, Haynes King, steps in and plays well, you know, because Mond was really good, but his his numbers were never eye-popping. He was kind of a system quarterback there. So if Haynes King can do that or maybe even be more of a playmaker – I feel like Texas A&M could be a national championship contender because they have one of the most talented rosters in the country, bar none. And honestly, I feel like the top six teams this year are on a completely different level than everyone else we just you know listed. And Texas A&M is one of those teams. They are clearly the third best team in the SEC. Jimbo Fisher, in my opinion, is the third best coach in the SEC. I think he is a great coach, one of the most undervalued, underappreciated, underrated coaches in all of football. He has a national championship. He's a great motivator, a great leader of men. You know, I really like their (laughs) roster, like I said. I think the O-line is a concern losing the four starters, losing Mons, obviously a concern, but if they figure that out, They'll be Alabama's toughest game this year in the regular season, and they'll be a incredibly tough out for anyone they play because I see them as truly elite this year and taking that next step to being elite. Yeah, like you said, I think the they lost the stars on O line. That's big, but I'm still a big thing on the like like I said with Oregon, the they lost the quarterback that they were running with last year. And I mean, Mar like you said, Mar wasn't Mar really ran that system. But like he knew the system well, and like he knew everywhere, he knew where to be at the right time for most part, and like he figured out his groove there. Like at the end of last year, and they went on a little hot streak. But I mean, I think the run game will be a big factor in their offensive success more so than the quarterback. Even though I think the quarterback will like, if they want to be a title contender, then they'll be you know quarterback will play well. But if they're like, if they want to be a playoff contender, then you know they can skate by with uh, the defense they have and the running game they have. Mm. So, I mean, I think they have a good chance at being a really special team. And like you said, I think they, they probably have the best shot there at contending at the SEC West, unless, like, you know, Auburn or LSU pops up as a surprise team this year. 
I mean, I think they're right up there with it. And I think a strong end to last year really built um, uh, confidence for some of these, like, underclassmen. Yeah, and they they honestly felt like they were slighted last year, and it's hard for me to disagree with them. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, I think everyone would agree they were better than Notre Dame was last year. So they they're going to have – They played have a, a better little, game. Yeah, they're going to have some uh, – uh, a little more of a chip on their shoulder, I guess you could say. And Jimbo, like B said earlier, I mean, he's proven himself. He's done – he kind of had to rebuild Texas A&M back up. He's done it in a fairly quick amount of time as well. So, you know, they're – it's hard for any me to fathom them being outside of anyone's top five to six teams. Agreed. And that brings us to our fifth-ranked team, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, there are some concerns. They're only returning 12 starters, but C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, he looks awesome. And they have the best wide receiver core in the country this year, as much as I hate to admit it. Olave and Garrett Wilson are elite, the two best wide receivers in the country. They have a fairly easy schedule after Oregon. You know, I think the Big Ten – Penn State's going to do some things. Wisconsin's looking pretty good. Um, Michigan's Michigan. Ohio State's going to dominate them yet again. So after the Oregon game, I don't really see a whole lot of games on Ohio State's schedule. It's going to give them too much of a um, problem. And I think they'll roll in the Big Ten. I think they're going to make the playoff again no matter what seed they get. Probably a three or a four instead of a one or a two. But they'll be a really good team. And if C.J. Stroud steps in and plays his game and can mitigate the loss of Justin Fields, they're a team that can make the national championship again. They're that good. And, you know, if they if they miss out in the playoff this year because Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson are all as good as they are, that's okay. But – I don't think they're dropping off too much after last year. And I actually think that losing a lot of their defense is going to help because that defense got torched by Alabama last year. They looked slow. They looked unathletic. Oh, dude, they got torched by Indiana. Oh, absolutely. But now when we look at their defense, they've been recruiting so well that I think bringing in a lot of these sophomores, I mean, they're they're still green, you know, but they're going to have a full season to mature and grow and i think bringing back four really good defensive starters and losing the rest i mean they're, it's the only team that i would really say benefits like, like it really benefits them losing eight defensive starters but i think their bench is so deep and i think they've been recruiting so well that it's going to benefit them having some fresh blood on that defense and especially since the offense is going to be so elite and those wide receivers are so elite i don't really think it matters they lose that much on defense yeah yeah, no, their defense was uh, it was really it was pretty mediocre for Ohio Ohio State standards. Like they, they didn't have the blue chip defensive linemen that they normally have. Like they just weren't very good unit. Like they all relied on Justin Fields, and I mean they made it to the national title game off that. Um, I do think I think that um, Ohio State has to. I think they have to go undefeated in the. Uh, Big Ten, if they have, want to have a chance there, the playoff. Like, it, it, even if they do go undefeated, it'll be tough if Oklahoma, like the teams you listed, if they all play to the standard. But like, if they drop a game against, let's say Indiana or Penn State or you know one of those teams, then Purdue. I think they're to- yeah Purdue, like they're toast. Like they'll, they'll be toast. Like there's no arguing for them. Like mm. it's, they have, they ha- I feel like they have to go undefeated in order to gain that like notoriety because. 
Well, the, maybe beating Oregon might be enough if they lose one of those games, but it also depends on if Oregon's good or if they're for real or not. Yeah. So I think their schedule really like they have to like really prove their worth in their schedule. They can't have these close games that they had like these past couple of years with Purdue and you know Northwestern or Indiana. Like they can't really have these scares. So I think Ohio State has to like really prove themselves. You know, ele- elevate themselves from the rest of everyone else like they normally do. So with that um, said, I mean, I'm I'm interested on them. Uh, I agree with most of what LK said. I disagree. I think they can have that loss this year as long as they still beat Oregon. They should still be fine if they win the Big Ten, like if they have that fluke loss. But, you know, Ohio State's a team that, you know, we have them fifth, but they're always kind of expected to be in that top four. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, Ohio State is still Ohio State, you know, next man up. And I think they'll be perfectly fine. I mean, they even did next man up with coach. I mean, they switched. I mean, they lost the second best coach of the past 30 years, maybe even 40. And, you know, they didn't miss a single beat. Yeah. I mean, it's a dynasty. I wouldn't say it's a dynasty, but it's close. I mean, Alabama. Oh, my. Because, okay. Okay. Do you have to win (laughs) to be a dynasty? Yes. How many? You do. I, okay, here's the thing, right? I think that dynasties are different in every sport, but in college football, I think you have to win three to be a dynasty. Okay, fine. They built a Big Ten dynasty. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's like five SEC teams that would be a dynasty in the Big Ten, so I don't really think that's the most impressive thing in the world, but Ohio State's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, dude. One of them's blue. <laughs> Now, I think this team might actually be a bigger dynasty in their conference. The Oklahoma Sooners are fourth-ranked team. Spencer Rattler is the Heisman favorite. They have the best defense they've had in nearly 20 years. They added six transfers in the offseason. They actually stole three of Tennessee's best players, which is hilarious, and I love that. They have no realistic competition in that conference besides Iowa State. And the only thing about Oklahoma that scares me this year is that classic signature weird loss to Kansas State or TCU or just a weird team in the Big 12. If they can avoid that, I think Oklahoma is one of the best teams in the country and can win the national championship. I think four might even be a little low for them. But with that being said, they have to avoid that upset. Yeah, they do. Uh, They do have to avoid that. I think part of the reason they were upset last year is a lot of them were at the beginning of the year there. And like Spencer Rattler, he looked rattled, like straight up. He looked rattled. <laughs> rattled, <laughs> rattled, rattled. <laughs> I had to, I had to drop that one. That one was just, it was too easy. Yeah, that that could have been, that could have been part of a. Oh, let me think. Lincoln Riley too. So, I mean, that was, that yeah. was the first year Lincoln had had to deal with a non-experienced quarterback. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, for real, it does. Is his name not Lincoln Riley? Yeah, and he Lincoln turned into a statue. No, no, not doing that one. Not doing that. I'm one. confused. I'm gonna explain it, dude. I don't want. Well, I don't want athletics because I'm an adult. <laughs> let's Tell get, me a joke. Let, let's get past it. Let's just ignore it altogether. <laughs> Is it inappropriate? No. No. It's just corny. Yeah. Yeah. It was grossly corny. This man's talking about Abraham Lincoln statue, bro. <laughs> 
Oh my god. That was horrible. Man. That was horrible. <laughs> I had to let you write out that that horrible silence there. That was bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that was about four seconds of dead silence. I yeah. thought we had technical difficulties. No, I was about to make my only good point of the entire night, dude. <laughs> and this dude makes a joke about the 16th president of the United States. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, really, go ahead with that point, though. <laughs> Basically, what I was saying is, you know, Spencer was the first freshman quarterback they'd had in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a long. I mean, they went, you know, they went from Baker to oh my gosh, praise <laughs> the great one, Kyler Murray. You couldn't even say Kyler Murray's name without having to pause <laughs> and go. Uh, Kyler <laughs> Murray. He's <laughs> just a beautiful soul. And then they had Jalen Hurts. And then, you know, it's a rookie quarterback. You know, he was yeah. probably expected to play at the same level they did, which is a hard thing to do for, you know, a Jalen and Baker level, let alone Kyler. <laughs> so I think this year he's got experience. And this is the first, once again, another time, you know, he's actually played a season before there so he might have a better year than two of the three <laughs> yeah no there's a good chance i mean he the thing is it's like with spencer rattler watched a ton of him i mean i think he could easily like bolt up the boards because like then oklahoma quarterbacks they love drafting them first you know you got sam bradford way back there you got Baker, oh it's definitely qbu you got kyler you know i mean like it's like it's a they're pumping out good quarterbacks there, and he's still relatively young. And I mean, good, bro. I'm trying great. <laughs> I mean, I mean what, would you really say? I mean, it's QBU right now by a hair, but I think there's another school that can make a claim to QBU too, especially going forward. Well, Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would say the school that you know won Jalen Hurts his only national championship. Yeah, but he's not. He's not efficient. an Alabama product. Yes, he is. No, he's not. He's, he's, a, Oklahoma he he's an Oklahoma product. No, he went to Alabama for three years and transferred to Oklahoma as a graduate of the University of Alabama. Oh, roll tide, dude. I'll tell you right <laughs> now, he's an Oklahoma quarterback. He does not count as an Alabama quarterback. Yes, he does count as an Alabama quarterback. He literally he won a national. So they literally, they literally have one starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Alabama. And you're going to call him. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. As However, of right now, as well, no, of right well, now. yeah, no, we have two: Jalen Hurts and Tua. Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma quarterback, bro, and he's an Alabama quarterback. He, he doesn't played, count. He yes, does he does count. count. No, he played, Jalen Hurts would have drafted as like Blake Sims if dude, he, he played two, at Alabama. He played two full seasons at Alabama though, and won a national championship there. So he does count as an Alabama yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he won a national he was, championship like, on the bench, dude. But he carried a, he took us to that point. So he counts as an Alabama quarterback. Okay. You know, whatever you want to say, dude. I'll tell you right now. So he's does, does, an Oklahoma quarterback. He's not an Alabama quarterback. It doesn't does, count. Does LeBron not count as a Heat player because he only played there for four years? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you, when you play at a place or you play at a team or you play at a school, you count, you played there. Like, you're still like a former. Alabama quarterback like you're from like your prospect from that school like it's not like that history does not get no erased. yes it does because he went to a completely different system this isn't professional sports dude. this is amateur athletics we're speaking of here dude where did he graduate from Oklahoma or Alabama 
who cares about his education, dude? <laughs> he finished playing football at Oklahoma. But he played three years at Alabama and started two of them. So, in my opinion, he's an Alabama quarterback first and an Oklahoma Sooner second, period. End of story. End of discussion. All right. Dude. Whatever. I mean, you're going to make that argument forever. Yeah, you're, you're the only stay one. On that one. You're literally by yourself here. Me and B, <laughs> or me and LK both disagree with you. It ain't the first time. And yeah. it will not be the last. Unless we're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Every episode from now on, I'm just going to agree with you guys on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Good, dude. We'll be right all the time. Yeah. Not if I'm agreeing with Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so is that everything we want to say on Oklahoma? Yes. Yeah, I think it's all Spencer Rattler. All right, so now we're going to get to our third-ranked team, the Clemson Tigers. Oof. Their quarterback has a top three ceiling in the country. You know, I think DJ is elite. I think he's a great athlete. He, When he's eligible for the draft in a couple of years, he'll be a top five perennial pick. You know, he's strong. He's tall. He makes all the NFL throws. I think him coming into the fire last year oh, against Notre wow. Dame playing a great game, I think that was really impressive. Yeah. Their defense should be good again. They're returning nine starters, but I think they have a lot to prove after that Ohio State thrashing. I mean, that secondary looked terrible, so I think they're going to have to take a lot of steps there. But mm-hmm. overall, I mean, they're Clemson, and they're a top three team every single year, and they will probably make the college football playoff again. I actually think Georgia's going to beat them, and we're about to get to Georgia in a second, and I'll tell you why. But I think after that loss to Georgia, they're going to go undefeated and they're going to be the three or the four seed to make the playoff because they're Clemson and they're going to be elite as long as Dabo Swinney's there. I just think it's wild that, you know, DJ can make NFL throws, yet Trevor Lawrence just made screen passes in a juvenile offense. That's insane to me. Go ahead, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, D- I think DJ's good. I haven't, I, don't, I haven't seen enough of him yet. I mean, I think he has the potentials there. He has the like prospect, like the ranking. He has all the history behind him or whatever to like be a really good quarterback. Um, I'm just gonna wait until I see it for a whole year. You know, I think I think he'll probably will end up being good. It's just I want to see him in action first. I want to see him be dominant against ACC teams like Trevor was. Which, I mean, it's not hard, but you know, I want I want to see it. Like I don't want him to be Kelly Bryant. I want to be like near Trevor Lawrence. So I don't. I think Justin Ross being there helps a lot for his development there. You know, he's returning after injuring being in, out last year. Uh, the defense should still be – because I think their defense is really a system defense. Like, I think Venables really runs the show there. I don't think it really matters. who. I mean, it does matter who they throw in there, but they can run out some, like, you know, three, four stars. They don't need all five stars. So I think defense will probably still be pretty dominant, and I think Clemson should be, you know, Right there competing for the title. Yeah, dude, I, I agree. I was sorry, I was thinking about something funny with Clemson. But um I think that Dabo's proven himself over the past decade. I don't think they've had a season under ten wins. And that's something that is near impossible to do, and only two schools can lay claim to that. So, and like B said earlier, the kid played good in the Notre Dame game. That was an on-the-road game. Weird circumstances. I think they'll be perfectly fine this year. I don't know if they're one of the top two teams, but unless, uh, what was North Carolina's quarterback, Spencer Howell? 
Sam, Sam, Sam Howell. Sam. <laughs> Unless, it was Spencer Rattler. There we go, dude. <laughs> Unless he, you know, lives up to the hype and then some, I don't think they'll be challenging the ACC. So they should have a pretty easy route to the uh, BCS four. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, they're Clemson, and they're always going to be in the mix. They're probably going to make the Final Four, you know, three out of every four years, four out of every five years. I mean, they haven't missed it since 2014. So there's a team that you know is always going to be in the mix, and they're, you know, second to only Alabama in terms of having a – I wouldn't call them a dynasty yet, but they're inching (laughs) toward having a true dynasty in college football. Has Alabama ever missed the Final Four? In 2019, we did. Right. Of LSU. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. Okay. And now we're going to bring it to a team. Might want to cover your ears for this LK. That hasn't won a championship in 41 years. And that's the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, I personally think that they're going to beat Clemson in week one. You know, that game, I see it as a 55-45 type game, but... I think Georgia has the advantage. I think they have the second-best roster in the country to Alabama. I think they finally have a, dyna- a dynamic starting quarterback who can make plays with his arms. He's really good on his feet. You know, JT Daniels has good footwork. He makes really great reads. I think if any quarterback in the country makes that Joe Burrow, Mac Jones-type jump, it could be JT Daniels. They're losing eight starters on defense, but with the recruiting classes Kirby's been bringing in, with the transfers they've gotten, I think that they're going to take that next step and be a top three team next year. I mean, Tyke Smith coming in from West Virginia is a huge addition, and their offense has dynamic weapons. Eric Gilbert coming in could be the best tight end in the country, or at least one of them. They're not going to have Pickens for a while. He's probably going to miss the first seven or eight games if he comes back at all, but they still have a great wide receiver core. I think that combined with Kirby kind of having to get something done, having to make another playoff appearance, because although he's won a lot of really good bowl games and he's had a great run as Georgia's coach, I think the pressure and the expectations are ramped up. So he's going to have to make some noise. And I think Georgia will when they knock off Clemson in week one. I think they're for real. I think they're the second best team in the country. And I think Alabama and Georgia is going to be a 12-0 showdown in the SEC championship game. And I can't wait to see it because I think those are the two best teams in the country. And I think they are going to have one of the greatest SEC championship clashes of all time come December. Okay. I love everything you just said. I think, you know, Georgia has – it's it's a scary thing. They normally do have national title expectations. But this year, like looking at the team, if the secondary – if those transfers, like the Darion Kendrick from Clemson and like you said, Tyke Smith from West Virginia – if those guys pan out, like for the secondary there, because they did lose a lot of secondary pieces there. They, the front seven's still pretty consistent with who they had. Like Jordan Davis is still there in the middle. You know, you got Anderson coming off the edge. He's going to be really good. But if that secondary can figure it out, Georgia's defense should be, you know, just about as good as it was last year. JT Daniels is coming back. And in four games, he was a total game changer for what they were doing before. You know, Todd Munkin came in last year and was implementing his offense, so he gets a year two with these guys. So that offense should be moving a lot better, more consistent now that they know who the quarterback is. You know, all the running backs are coming back. You know, they still have to figure out the – they got to, you know, do some retooling on the O-line because they always lose a couple guys in the draft every year. 
But it's it's scary. The expectations are here in Athens. They really are. So, I mean, it'll be really disappointing if they drop, you know, some dumb game to South Carolina or Kentucky for that matter. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm confident and I feel really, really good about this team. I really do. They should be they should if they can go up to, you know, South Carolina or North Carolina, wherever the game's being played, um, you know, beat knockoff Clemson, prove that they're legit, you know, they should just they should be able to roll through the SEC and, you know, hopefully meet someone there in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think Georgia's gonna be really great this year. I mean they all they usually always are. Um I'm just I'm not willing to put them over our number one team yet. I'll have to see that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, they'll probably go undefeated. I mean, part part of me thinks they won't. You know, I want them to lose one what game happened at least. To all, what happened to all that talk about Kentucky winning the East? That's what I said the one game is, bro. Oh, so once once Kentucky goes undefeated after beating Georgia, <laughs> Kentucky goes undefeated, dude. You don't want to be in here the next episode. I'll tell you what, dude. We won't get anything accomplished. It's gonna be set. It's gonna be so sweet. Man. Here, here's a question. Okay. Here's one. This is yeah. this is for LK. Yeah. What's more likely to happen this year? You think Kentucky beats Georgia? Or two of those for five thousand yards. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, forty five hundred. Oh, oh my gosh! I think it's more likely that Kentucky beats Let's Georgia. Go. <laughs> I really do. It's a seventeen game season, and Tua is ready. All right, dude, we're not talking NFL this episode. Tua so is ready. ready. <laughs> oh. He's been working with some of the. <laughs> no, next team quarterback Next team. coaches in the oh NFL they are raving so about George, and the they always they are they are raving about Tua they are saying he is primed to have an MVP caliber season Georgia he has, always has that one game they always drop every year you know Georgia sports curse you know it happens <laughs> and the number one team is the, the Alabama Crimson Tide. We got Evan Neal and Chris Owens anchoring the best line in college football. Bryce Young is stepping in as the most talented quarterback in college football. He has a plethora of (laughs) weapons despite losing Waddle and Smith. He has Mechie. He has Billingsley. He has a guy in Hall. He has a guy in Baker that can get the job done. Defense should be the best it's been since 2017. We got LeBron, Ray, and Federian Mathis at the top. We got Christian Harris, Henry Toto in from t- Tennessee, Ooh. and Chris Allen as the best linebacker core in the country. We got Josh Doe, Malachi Moore, and Jordan Battle as the best secondary in the country. This is going to be the best defense we've had since 2017 since we had Minka and those boys. This defense is primed. It is ready. I think, our, <laughs> I think our running game is going to be stellar this year behind such a great offensive line. Besides Florida and Texas A&M, I don't really see too many challenges on our schedule. I think a 12-0 season is a lock. I think we're going to be battling Georgia in the SEC championship. I think we are going to be the number one overall seed in the college football playoff 
yet again. Alabama is going to continue their dominance. Our recruiting is the best it has ever been. We just signed the best recruiting class in the history of college football. Coach Saban is the greatest coach in American pro college sports history. He is the GOAT, undisputed. I think Alabama is going to break records this season. On I think they are going to be great. I think they are going to step up in ways that no one sees them stepping up because we lost Mac last year. We lost Devontae. We lost Waddle. Everyone knows that. But we are bringing back a talented, great defense. We are bringing back an offensive line that is going to be the best in the country. Bryce Young is going to have a Heisman-level campaign. And Alabama is going to repeat as the national champions. Lock it in. 15-0, baby. Roll Tide. Woo! <laughs> he spent two minutes on that, dude. Hey, man. Breathe? You got to breathe? <laughs> Three minutes. <laughs> <need> oxygen? <laughs> I got some oxygen Jeez. right next to me, man. I needed it. Oh, my gosh. I got one of those little oxygen cans. Whew. Jeez. I mean, okay. I have well, nothing else to add. We just, I mean, we just went over the entire roster. Yeah, and if you slow it, out every if you slow it down, you'll hear uh, Nick Saban's social security number, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, listen, half speed for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, Alabama's Alabama, dude. What do you want us to say? Yeah, they're really good. I think they have. I mean, I think the flaws could happen if the quarter. If Bryce Young is as good as Bryce Young claims to be. I mean, I don't know. I have Why no idea. On the say kid. that. I mean, <laughs> Bryce Young. Is the oh room. my God! Bryce Young. Why'd you say that? Okay, I, I should just let it run. She just let it run. He I might be the, end up being the greatest quarterback in the history of Alabama. He has these next two years. <laughs> it's, it's just, you just have the quarterback. <laughs> okay, okay. Be quiet, bro. Oh my God. He could Red be better run. than Mac. He could be better than Tua. Okay. I know those okay. are huge shoes to fill as the two most efficient quarterbacks in the history of college football. Yeah, dude. Tua's like a size six. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's more like a size 10, but go off, I guess. Well, I'm 11 and a half, motherfucker. <laughs> Am I supposed to be impressed, Jackson? You're probably 11 and a half with like five pairs of socks on. Do you go on, dude? Finish the episode. <laughs> what else do you got to say about Alabama, dude? Alabama <laughs> is going to repeat <laughs> as the national champions. Bryce Young is going to have a Heisman uh, level campaign. John Mechie is going to be a top five receiver in the country. We have the best line. We have the best uh, secondary. We have the best linebacker core. We are primed and ready to go. Roll Tide. Just replayed his last section. Yeah, uh, dude, the, def- <laughs> the defense is the best since 2017, in case you didn't know. Okay. Since so Mika and the boys were Yeah, Mika and them boys. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of <it> a Z. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. Congrats. Bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm just hype. I think Alabama's going to be so good this year. I really do. I mean, I know, like I said, we're losing a lot of talented guys, but if Bryce Young is – Yeah, please name him. What do you mean? It's a joke, dude. (laughs) What's a joke, dude? I said please name them, the people that you lost. Because you done Mac said on the eight time, man. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Don't forget. They lost Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Alabama quarterback. Alabama Jaylen quarterback. Jalen Hurts. <laughs> when, when people remember, this is off topic. I mean, okay, did you have anything more to say about Alabama? No. No, no. I, I just thought it would be hilarious <laughs> if they went eight and four, but yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah, Anyways, 
Before we wrap up this show, I just want to say one more thing about Jalen Hurts. He is an Alabama quarterback. When people remember his college career, they are going to remember him as an Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback where he spent two seasons starting, where he won a national championship, where he won an SEC championship, where he was number two, not number one. I know he went to Oklahoma, but really it just looked like he was wearing a knockoff Alabama uniform, you know, that uglier red. It's not that true Alabama Crimson. I mean, I was proud of him going there, balling out, being a second-round draft pick, but he developed those skills at the University of Alabama, and we saw those skills on the play in his third year when he was backing up Tua. When he got in, he could throw the ball because he worked that offseason behind Tua, really improving his accuracy and his arm strength. So, honestly, I feel like, you know, he went to Oklahoma and showed that off, but Nick Saban, the greatest coach of all time, made him to what he is, not Lincoln Riley's little schoolboy offense, you know, Ooh, ooh, look at me. I'm going to throw the ball 50 yards downfield against terrible DB's offense. That's not what the SEC is. And honestly, when Jalen Hurts got in in his junior year, he showed that he could, you know, play at that level.